This is Churro Bites with Churro and uh, it's Mark. Mark, haha, haha, <laughs> 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 uh, famous YouTuber, pro wrestler. Um, what else? What am I missing? Uh, mostly just YouTube. Like, I mean, obviously, like that YouTube's not my full time job. I have twenty six subscribers, but uh, like, yeah, I've just been picking up a little bit of like YouTube production on the side because. I, I know you can relate to this, but I feel like everybody needs like a creative outlet. Having yeah. a creative outlet just helps you to be like, you know, just a generally more productive person. So like I started picking up a little like a like writing little video essays and whatnot, just about like games I play and stuff. And I've been having fun with it. So, yeah. Was I think your YouTube channel existed before that, right, though? Right. Yeah, so I made the channel in like I think like 2018 because I was playing Smash online and I was playing like Elite Smash and I was playing this Donkey Kong and I up tilted him for probably about a minute and he did not do anything and I thought it was funny. So I uploaded the like the clip uh like just to the YouTube channel, uh primarily just so I could send it to Kid Kibo. Um yeah. I didn't want to make him have to download it and to watch it and stuff. Uh yeah. And then eventually, like, I made, like, a stupid meme where it was, like, Binky from art. You know that, like, Binky transcending meme? Yeah. Like, when he's listening to music? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Like, he listens to, like, KKD&B from Animal Crossing. He transcends. I thought it was funny. So, and then I made, like, two video essay videos. And that was, that's pretty much it. Were they the recent ones? Uh, yes, the more recent ones are like the, the video essays. All right, and that's a good segue into what we're talking about today. We're talking about, um, here's the title actually, Getting Critical with Mark Haha. Yes, sir. <laughs> we're going to be talking about like reviewing and stuff like that, the nature of it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you, do, you did your video game um, essays. Mm-hmm. How did you write that? How, how does that come to start? So, uh... I actually, my first video that I ever, like, wrote was, uh, like, I, I ranked K.K. Slider's discography from Animal Crossing. I wound up scrapping it because it just didn't wind up being, like, what I wanted it to be. Um, yeah. But I, like, was sitting there, like, I was playing, like, sometimes I like to just go back to, like, games I, I loved as, like, a kid and, like, play them just because, I don't know what it is, but, like, going like going back and playing stuff that I that I used to, like, just, like, brings me some kind of like nostalgic joy i really like it so i was playing new super mario brothers and i got to like the little mini game portion where you like where there's like all those little mini games in like the rec room and whatnot and uh like i was having a ton of fun with it and like in kind of like a like just in one sitting i wrote like the the script for that video basically talking about how much i really liked those like touch-based mini games and about how much like how much fun it would be to like have them on like mobile devices because like I am not the world's biggest mobile gamer, but I feel like if anybody could do it, it would be like Nintendo. Yeah. And, like I just thought it was a good idea, so like I just kind of like in like kind of spur of the moment just wrote out a bunch of a bunch of stuff onto a Google Doc and then recorded it. Have you always been interested in like doing? I don't know. What what would you call this? Like, I guess YouTube. Uh, I suppose. Like, <laughs> like I, I've always been like kind of. I don't know. I've always had a passion for entertainment. I guess you could say. Um, yeah. So 
I mean, I don't personally see myself ever trying to be like a big YouTuber or anything like that. Just doesn't seem like something I would want to do like full time. But like, I've always wanted to try to like get into, I don't know, just making some form of entertainment because I like it so much. And I've always kind of wanted to make some form of entertainment. So like uh, that felt like a, a good time. And like, uh, like, I'm sure I'm sure, you know, like being in quarantine, I needed something to be productive. I was like, well, now's a good time as any. Yeah, even if it's not like you said, it's not you're trying to become like the next big thing. But as long as you have something to do, really, mm-hmm. a lot of the, I guess, pandemic hobbies, it's still like a good thing to do. But I mean, you never know, really. You never know how far it's going to take you. For sure. Yeah. I mean, like. I guess the way I'm looking at it is like if a video of mine gets one view, but I like it, that's great. If a video of mine gets a hundred thousand views of and I like it, that's great. It's it's all just about like trying to develop my skill set and like, you know, just give myself like a creative outlet to be productive. I feel that. All right. Um with that, we're gonna get into the actual questions I have for you. Ooh. The first question <laughs> is um how does one become like a, a critic, you know, of like video games? Like how how does one start forming like stronger opinions? Because obviously after like whatever you consume, everyone has their own taste, right? Mm-hmm. But how does it start becoming like a how how do people start looking at things objectively, you know? And yeah. for you to be like an all around like critic about anything really. What do you think? That's that's honestly a very good question. I like I personally think that like the best way to become like, you know, good at articulating what it is that you like and what it is that you want to see more of is like, I, I guess this sounds like pretentious, but like demanding more of your entertainment. You know, I feel like sometimes like we just kind of blindly consume and we just like, you know, kind of we watch what's ever in front of us. We listen to whatever's on the radio, but there's like, I think what drove me personally to kind of become a little bit more critical of stuff and to like, you know, really try to boil down what it is I like is because when you do that, it's much easier to find maybe people who are more underground that create stuff that you might be interested in. So like if you're the type of person that just plays the latest and greatest game, right? you might miss out on a small indie game that actually is way more your speed than maybe the latest AAA game, right? Or like if you just listen to the radio, you might miss out on underground artists on like Bandcamp that might produce stuff that you resonate with way more. So I think it's good to like, I think the best way to become like, you know, to understand what you respond well to is to just kind of like, look at the things that you enjoy and try to just like write down or say to yourself, like, why do you enjoy it? And sometimes that's hard. Like there's lots of stuff that I like that when I try to tell people why I like it, I like, I I stutter. I can't do it. Like, for example, I, I cannot explain to you why, but I like the movie over the hedge sends me every time. I think that movie's hilarious, (laughs) But, but I cannot explain to you why I like it so much. I just do. I think it's probably nostalgia, but like, I like, if you were to ask me like, Mark, why do you think Parasite's a good movie? I'll give you an essay. If you ask me, Mark, why is Over the Hedge funny? Or why do you like Over the Hedge? I would just be like, (laughs) I'm a crazy rabid squirrel. Like, 
I can't think of anything. Yeah. Three but. things to what you said. Uh, first of, first off, um, the thing about listening to like the radio. With that too, like I remember, like nowadays, if I liked a song back that I was playing on the radio, mm-hmm. sometimes I would go back and listen to the whole album because you know they just cherry pick like one or two songs and like that's that's what they push on the radio. For sure. And then you go back and listen to the whole album, and then it's like, damn, like there's a lot better stuff and like some of the songs are like just better songs really mm-hmm. and it's like using that um thinking about the what what you said with the uh what was it it was like trying to develop your own taste like having better expectations of i guess the media you consume mm-hmm. i guess that makes sense to me because like if if you want if you expect more out of something i guess it's easier for you to like know what's good or bad because you're like um like for example um just playing every call of duty that comes out versus you know experiencing different kinds of shooters that might have different mechanics and then you find out like oh i i like more rpg type stuff or like i like um like real-time strategy you know Mm -hmm. for sure i think a lot of people um i definitely know a lot of people who like don't really care to try new things and after that, then they start complaining, like, man, I'm getting bored of doing this, doing that. But it's like, you're not really exploring your horizons, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, like, if you like Call of Duty, great. Think, like, sit down to yourself and think, like, what is it I like? Do I like, oh, I like the single player aspect. Well, maybe something like, say, Borderlands might resonate with you. Like, if you think, oh, I like playing Call of Duty with my friends, something like, say, Overwatch or... Even like, I know this is funny to say, but like something like Overwatch or Fortnite or even like Splatoon might resonate with you. You never know. Honestly, uh, Splatoon was a lot harder for me than Call of Duty is. <laughs> I I love Splatoon, but it, it sometimes it takes me a while to pick it back up. <laughs> yeah. The third thing different. is about um, explaining your taste. Like I have stuff too that I really love and I really enjoy. But whenever somebody's like, oh like what's what's so great about it i mean it's hard to say because sometimes you just have your own like well the only word really for it is taste Mm -hmm. and it's like trying to describe how something relates to you specifically trying to make someone else understand what's in your thought process i find that's very hard Mm -hmm. i've never been able to bridge that yeah it's it's definitely difficult like i I've definitely like encountered times where I'll explain like, oh, like I love Animal Crossing. It's such a fun game. And people will be like, okay, why? And then I'll be like, oh, you like get a town and you have to like make money and pay off your debt. And they're like, that sounds awful. I was like, yeah, that does, doesn't it? But uh, it's actually really fun. It's just hard for me to articulate why. That's why like I kind of wanted to challenge myself in some ways with my videos to like explain why I like things. And, you know, it just helps you to be better at selling things to people and helps you to better articulate, understand yourself as a person almost too. When you understand like what you resonate with, what really like, you know, hits for you as opposed to, you know, what hits for other people. I I feel like it helps you to learn a little bit about yourself. All right. Um, what are your, what are some of your favorite games? Let's establish your taste real quick. Okay, so that that's a that's a big question. Um, 
So, okay. So whenever people ask me what my favorite, my favorite games are, I give them my top three, which is, um, Animal Crossing New, uh, New Leaf, um, Yoshi's Island and, uh, Mother 3. Um, some honorable mentions in there are also, uh, like Persona 3, um, Star Fox 64 and, uh, Super Mario Sunshine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of, of some, some more, I mean, like I have like favorites in like certain genres too, like, uh, like Banjo-Kazooie is definitely up there. Um, Super Monkey Ball 2 is definitely up there. Yeah. There's there's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot of RPGs now. Yeah. There's, I am like, it's so funny. I see so many people like say like, Oh, I'm not an RPG guy. Oh, RPGs are bad. And I, I like. I like vibe with RPGs. <laughs> like, I really like them. I don't know what it is, but hey. Yeah, I, mean, I, I have fun with them too. I probably just like a little bit more variety myself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all the games you described, I did like. I had fun with them. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Do I have something else for that? And well, would you say you've played games that like aren't necessarily good? You play games just because you enjoy them, right? Yeah, I play games primarily just because they're fun and I enjoy them. Right, but would you say maybe some other people... Have you heard maybe some other people tell you that the games that you play like aren't good games, quote-unquote? Oh, yeah. I remember one time in college, I had this guy who uh, told me that, like, like, Super Monkey Ball 2 is probably the game that I'm most nostalgia blind for, like, like, uh, very very blatant like i grew up playing that game like with friends and stuff like i get it's like a super simple game i don't you probably played it right yeah yeah it's like super simple like but i i just vibe with it i love it um but i remember i had a, a guy at like college tell me he's like oh that game sucks bro oh that game's trash i didn't i didn't get too bent out of shape about it though because <laughs> because he also says that people only watch Star Wars for the CGI. So like I, I was like, I don't know how much of how much credence I'm gonna give that. But you know, if people tell me they don't like something I like, like, you know, it is what it is. Like if like if you were to try to tell me like Animal Crossing is a objectively a garbage series, and if you like it, you're stupid. Like, okay, may, maybe I'll like argue you on that. But if you tell me like, eh, I don't really Mother 3 wasn't my thing, you know? Persona, just not really my thing. I get that. Like, you know, it is what it is. People like different things, you know? Yeah, I think, I think. Well, I mean, yeah, having different tastes is fine. But, like, if you're going to be an asshole about it, like, why even speak? Right, exactly. It's, and, like, like kind of like we were talking about earlier about, like, you know, being a critic and, like, having, like, critiques. I think a big part of, like, being a good critic or being, you know, somebody with taste is also being somebody who knows how to articulate like the things that they like and the things that they don't like. And if you just run around calling like things that you hate trash and things that you love, like just goaded, like, I, I don't think you're very good at articulating your taste. You're just kind of saying, you're just kind of saying stuff, you know? Yeah. It's kind of, it kind of makes it feel like it's obvious that they have a bias towards something. Right. Exactly. Like they just have their personal biases and like, you know, they don't, they can't really tell you why what you like is bad. They just say it. You know, yeah. The whole the whole point, I guess, in a in a ideal world, the whole point of like being a critic is 
like being objective about the general uh what's what's the phrase the general medium that you're trying to critique like you can't just go in like having expectations of something being exactly like what you think the perfect example of that uh media is mm-hmm. you have to be able to see like the good and bad of like every not every single but most aspects of that media itself right. so i feel like um yeah like it's like it's like if i ask someone who only plays like the most famous twitch games to review i don't know like what's an obscure game uh Adamari Damasi. <laughs> Mother 3 is a little bit obscure because, you know, there's no official port. Right. So you have to, uh, you know, go through the back door, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I played it. I played it. So, yeah, I would say it's like, yeah, it's like if I asked the top Fortnite player to review um, Mother 3, they wouldn't even know what to do with it. More than likely, I wouldn't get a proper or at least a, a solid review out of them. They'd just be like, this isn't my type of game. Mm-hmm. If we're lucky, that's that's as much as they'll go for it. If not, they'll be like, "This sucks. This isn't cool." Blah blah blah. Right. Yeah. It sucks. It looks old. I've had people tell me that too, because I think I had a I had a friend tell me one time that she would not play Star- Stardew Valley because it looked old, and I was like, "Oh, that's such a shame." That game is awesome. Yeah, it's it's pretty new too. Like, it's not like super old. That's another thing, like video games making artistic choices, mm-hmm. sometimes out of necessity, but I feel like sometimes that gives that gives them charm, mm-hmm. you know. Like everybody loves Undertale, you know. It's not like 4K 60 FPS, but you know, it's a very enjoyable game. For sure, I think there's something to be said about like simplicity and that the fact that people resonate so much with simplicity. I mean, people resonate with Mario games because you know you run and jump, and that's it. Like people resonate with Kirby because he's a pink ball. Like it's just very simple. Like sometimes people resonate with stuff that's just simple, easy to understand, you know? Yeah. Um, let's see, what's the next question? What makes an objectively good game to you personally? Ooh, that's that's honestly that's that's a a big question. And I think I think what largely it would come down to is like was the artist's like vision fulfilled you know do were they able to convey the message that they wanted to convey were they able to you know tell the story that they wanted to tell were they able to you know write it in a concise like thoughtful manner did the art style fit were they able to flesh out like their uh, like their level design or their their world building. Like I think something that a game like say Mother 3 does very well is that it's written in a very concise, clever way. And and even if it, even though it follows like say multiple characters, I think that game is written in a very concise and clever way where you can very much get the artist's vision and intention behind it, which I think is a big aspect to why like what makes a good objective game what was it say? i had i had something going off of that um hold on give me a bit oh you good what was i insane and all these different aspects is it something that you think about while you're playing it or do you just play something to enjoy it 
and then afterwards you start thinking about like the different parts of it. Honestly, when do you dissect the game? Hmm. Honestly, kind of both. Like I found myself like when I was playing Persona Three, right? There were there were times where I was thinking like, oh, like, um, like the like that social link was really well written, you know, like. I feel like this is a natural progression or, Oh, like this story arc is very interesting. And then there were other moments like where I was just kind of in the game. And then after I played it, I was sitting there thinking like, like, man, uh, they really conveyed Junpei's emotion. Well, cause it still resonated with me even after I turned off my PlayStation two, you know what I mean? Like yeah. with stuff that sticks with you, even after you leave, is also, I think, a big part of, like, you know, when, when something sticks with me, I'm like, man, like, they really did a good job. Like, when I finished Persona 3, I, like, I remember, like, for a day afterwards, like, I, I just kept listening to the soundtrack because, like, the ending sticks with you very well because it plays into the theme so well, you know? It's not to give any spoilers yeah. for anybody who's interested in playing the game themselves, but, like, the, the ending is just, it, like captivates like the theme the artist like theme and direction that like it left me like thinking about it way after like the game was done yeah do you think uh whenever something leaves an impression that gives you like i mean no that's that's kind of an obvious thing though like if it fulfilled like you said if it fulfilled its mission and the artist's intention and it creates something that resonates to the point like that it sticks with you after it's done mm-hmm I think most people would agree that's like a good marker of like a good game for sure, or any really type of media. But yeah, we're not right now. We're talking about games, so I think I think that makes sense for us to be able to say like that for sure is what a good game is. Mm-hmm. But also like games that are just fun for the sake of being fun. I think there's there's merit to that kind of stuff too. Oh, for sure. I think uh, me personally not everything has to be like a culturally sound, you know, like very uh, deep level kind of thinking, you know? Yeah. No, you're absolutely not everything right. Be, yeah. Anyways, that's just something I wanted to say. Yeah. Um. I wrote that, I wrote that question down twice. <laughs> you're good. What's an objectively good game? What is a good game? <laughs> What's... Um... Does a game have to be good to be enjoyable? Uh, no, I don't think it does. I like there are games that I like that I feel like I can point out several flaws in them. Pretty much any Sonic game, really. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I could point out so many flaws with them. Like, but at the end of the day, I left like enjoying it because sometimes I think something's merits can overtake its flaws and you can still enjoy it. You know what I mean? And kind of like speaking to what you were saying earlier, like the, like not everything is like, you know, uh, like is like a statement as to like, you know, this is like an existential piece or like, this is how, or like a, we live in a society, you know what I mean? Like sometimes, you know, you just want to turn on Mario party. Sometimes you like, you just want to turn on like Jackbox games and play them with your friends, you know, and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff I think has just as much artistic merit as like, you know, the big story driven, like, you know, like 
artistic games. I think that there's like an artistic merit to creating experiences that are fun to share with other people and also experiences that are just fun in general. Like kind of like I said, like I I'm I'm a big fan of like the Sonic Adventure games and those games have so many flaws. Like I mean, the writing is just all over the place. Like the like they're buggy they're like you know like they're they're over in like 30 minutes like but i always leave them like enjoying them and it's because like the thrill of going fast like the like the goofy writing honestly is sometimes just like good for a laugh like sometimes i feel like there's 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 times where you need like you need something to just kind of turn your brain off too you know what i mean like yeah and just you know, you're hanging out, you're playing Sonic Adventure, it's no use, like that kind of stuff. Like, you're just having fun. Yeah, I mean, cause it, when we boil it down, the whole point of video games is for entertainment. For sure. Like, yeah, it can be an artistic medium, but, you know, at its base, at its core, you know, the whole reason they made video games is so that you could be used for entertainment. Exactly. Like, you know, not everything, not every album has to be like to the like the lyrical prowess of say a Kendrick Lamar or a J Cole. Sometimes it's fun to just have songs that sound nice that you like have fun listening to in the car or at a party or whatever. Like those those things have merit too, and like it's fun to just enjoy things sometimes. But you know if you can pinpoint what is it about this like you know this simple thing that I like. Like it helps you to find even more things that you might like. Like if you like Sonic, you might like Freedom Planet. You know, I've never even heard about that series. Freedom Planet. It's like an indie series that kind of takes a lot from the uh, the Sonic Rush games, which are it's really fun. I, I honestly give uh, would say give it a shot. It's on Switch. Mm, okay. Um. Next question. What do you, what person, you personally, what do you want games to go moving forward? What, what do you want games to evolve into? Like, what are you looking for in the future of gaming? Hmm, That's a good question. I honestly, like, I mean, we're already seeing like, you know, gaming is pretty mainstream. Like we're seeing lots of people, you know, who maybe like five years ago would have never been invested in gaming, like are now getting Playstations and Xboxes and Switches and stuff which is great. Like uh, I remember when I, when I had like animal crossing wild world on like DS, I like, I had a few friends that played, but like, I, I knew some people who were like, what is that? And I now see them playing new horizons, which is like super cool. It's like, it's really nice seeing like stuff that you like, like being played by people you never would have thought would play it. It's honestly really fun to see. Um, so I think the, like seeing games go more mainstream and seeing more people, like enjoying like different types of games is definitely what I see like the future becoming of just people like, like more people trying out different types of games. And that opens avenues for, you know, more developers and more demand and stuff like that. But I honestly, if I had to say like where I wanted to see gaming go, I'd probably want to see more games that take interesting artistic styles, right? Like, you know, I think we're kind of past like the the era where people everybody wants to see like the the latest and greatest like hyper realistic graphics. I just don't think that people are as interested in that anymore. 
I think more people are interested in seeing stuff like an Ori in the Blind Forest, you know, a game that's not hyper-realistic, but instead is very stylized and has a very unique look to it. I think that's really cool. And I'm hoping to see more stuff like Ori in the future. Like, I, I'm excited to see as technology increases, how, like, graphic designers and artists can, like, make games look even more stylized and more like, you know, straight up like works of art, you know? Yeah, I get that because like, um, I personally don't really care for super realistic stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it looks cool. But at the same time, you get like an indie studio that just comes out with like their little booty looking game, you know, and now out of nowhere, they're like, that's the next biggest thing. Right. right? <laughs> so like people... People will be like, oh, yeah, Call of Duty, blah, blah, blah. We keep harping on Call of Duty, but that's besides the point. Um, Yeah, it's like, oh, it looks so cool, blah, blah, blah. And then you go back and play something like, let's see, what would be a good example? For me, the first thing that comes to mind is Undertale, but I want to keep it. <laughs> but yeah, because like going back to like an older art style or even something like cel-shaded graphics, mm-hmm. Like, that might seem like a, I guess, older thing just because of the way, um, like, attention spans mm-hmm. are now. But, like, even going back and playing something like Wind Waker, like, I feel like something like that, that's not really as re- realistic because it has a different art style. It has, it has a lot more life to it. To mm-hmm. I agree. Just that the sense that there's, like, some sort of originality mm-hmm. in the design. For sure. But it's, it's, it's not always just that, just that, those kinds of games. Because, I mean... Playing something like, I don't know, Fortnite versus playing something like Sekiro, mm-hmm. you know? The way they're very two very different games, two different play styles, and also two different art directions. Mm-hmm. Because both are animated, I guess. One's very, like, goofily animated, and the other one's, like, I mean, all these environments and all these, like, it looks like a for Sekiro. It looks like a world that's very lit. Yeah, you know, there's like rot. There's like buildings. Some are like newish, some are old. You can tell that people live mm-hmm. there or people used to occupy the space. And versus Fortnite, that's just like it's like if someone drew a cartoon and then played Splatoon on the TV. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I forgot where I was going. You're yeah. no, I I see what but you're saying because like. I think that stuff with a unique art style ages better, you know, like we look at games like Wind Waker or Jet Set Radio, right? And they still look good by today's standards. And it's because they, you know, cell shaded graphics was like, obviously both of those games are cell shaded, but like those games look good because they went for a unique art style that really stands the test of time, you know, like realistic graphics while like, they they can age well and people may even look back on them fondly. Like I think a lot of people look back at, you know, the way that even games like Skyrim kind of look, you know, like, yeah. but they still look back at it fondly because it's kind of like indicative of its time. You know what I mean? Like you look back at it and it kind of takes you back to that era because that's what stuff looked like back then. But seeing stuff that like stands the test of time, like, um, like, Jetset Radio, like um, I, th- I think even games like Kirby's Epic Yarn and Yoshi's Woolly World, where they're like, uh, like a yarn art style, 
Like, I think those games will absolutely like stand the test of time because they're very creative and unique with their art styles. They're not going to go out of style. Like Sekiro is a good, is a good like example of maybe like an in-between where it's like, Mm -hmm. it's realistic. Like you said, like the world looks like it's lived in, but it's also stylized, you know, like it's got its own flavor to an extent. So I think that'll help it to age as time goes on. Let's see here. Um, Let's see. I'll let you choose the next question. A or B? Uh, Let's go with B. All right. To what extent is your personal bias a factor in, you know, your game ratings? Oh, uh, I mean, more than I care to admit, honestly. (laughs) Like... I I mentioned this in my Animal Crossing video, but, like, I look back at, like, Animal Crossing Wild World very fondly because it was the game I, like, grew up with. It was a game I played a lot with, like, my siblings. It was a game I played a lot just by myself. So, like, it's kind of hard for me to look back at it and be, like, you know, completely objective because there's that personal attachment. You know what I mean? Like, they're, like... Animal Crossing Wild World did a lot of good things for the series and introduced a lot of mechanics that I wish they bring back or introduced a lot of things that, you know, like still affect the series to this day, like the rolling log generation world generation. But it also runs like crap and it's very dated looking. And unfortunately, you can't even play it online anymore because Nintendo shut down the online servers. Rest in peace. Um (laughs) but like i i try to be objective i try to you know be as you know like this is good because of x y and z but i i personally am a believer that there's no such thing as pure objectivity subjectiveness is always going to like permeate it's always going to be a part of whatever you're looking at or or explaining or whatever you're always going to feel some type of way about it for lack of a better term. (laughs) Like you're always going to feel you're always going to have a personal attachment or vendetta against something that you like are reviewing or looking at. Like, so I, you know, obviously try to articulate why I think these things beyond my personal attachment, but sometimes I'll just flat out admit, yeah, it's just because I grew up with it or yeah, it's just because I like it. And that's that, you know? Do you think that uh this isn't one of the questions, but do you think do you think that hurts your credibility a bit, or do you think it's just better if you actually admit that there that it exists? No, I I don't think it hurts any critic's credibility if they acknowledge that they have some form of subjectivity. Uh, I think it was Dunkey that said it best, but you know it's it's more so in the consistency of your voice than it is you being objectively right all the time. Because, you know, Mm -hmm. say, take, I'll just use Zunky as an example, but take him. He does not like RPGs one bit. And that's like kind of like a personal thing. Like he's always going to dislike RPGs, but unless if they're like, you know, Paper Mario, which is like the kind of RPG that I think almost anybody could get behind. Um, But like he, he, so, but he admits this, he acknowledges, you know, I don't like RPGs. So when he reviews a game like Octopath Traveler and he says, I don't like Octopath Traveler, it doesn't mean he's a bad critic because he doesn't like RPGs. He acknowledges that, 
acknowledges that there's RPGs that he likes despite that, but he still doesn't like Octopath Travels Traveler. So that should ring in your mind, like, okay, if like like okay, he doesn't like RPGs, I'll take that into account. Because, you know, when whenever you read something that a critic puts out, you should always take it as like as like a singular review before you make a purchase, right? It should go, it should factor into yeah. your buying decision, but should not be your buying decision, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. you know, taking what critics have to say um, so like seriously, I think is a great thing, but don't let critics be the, like the reason why you think, why you think what you think. For example, like if, let's say if the, if, Peanut Butter Gamer, I'm just trying to think of YouTubers. Like, if Peanut Butter Gamer, like, says, I like Call of Duty Modern Warfare, like, your reasoning for liking Call of Duty Modern Warfare should not be because Peanut Butter Gamer likes it. You should take what he says into consideration and think about it, you know? Um, but yeah, it's a, that's a long-winded answer for your question. But basically, uh, no, I don't think it hurts... A reviewer's credibility if they admit that there's at least some form of subjectivity because it's impossible for humans to be unbiased yeah i think it's good to point out what you said that like as long as there's mm -hmm. consistency i mean you you should know who you're going to whenever you're looking for advice because like obviously if i was super into rpgs i would not go listening to donkey about an rpg exactly. that i'm interested in because I know for a fact that he doesn't like RPGs. There's a lot of people out there. It's just people have to look. You have to look into whatever interest mm -hmm. you're trying to get into. And then also people's opinions and like critic opinions are really just that. It's more of a resource for you to think like, oh, someone might see something differently. But at the same time, you have to take out all these different people's opinions. If you can composite it, you don't make that your opinion you use that to help you form your mm -hmm. own opinion and i feel like a lot of people would just kind of blindly follow like whatever the biggest the uh, biggest person's opinion is i guess because they don't really feel like forming their own or they're too lazy or they're mm -hmm. too shy or whatever and i feel like a lot of people just fall into that just because it's the easiest thing but that's not being for sure yourself. and sometimes you know you don't want to dedicate all the time to playing through a 20 30 hour game you just want to read a review on it and oh i heard that game was garbage or oh i heard that game was pretty good but like like you said it's just good to you know aggregate like what you hear like and think for yourself and be like oh you know maybe i'll give this game a shot i've heard a couple people who like rpgs say that it's good might be worth my time that's how i got into games like persona was because i heard a bunch of people who liked rpgs say this is a good rpg and i was like okay <laughs> i'll give it a shot Yeah. Um, how do you? All right. So I already asked how, what, to what extent is the personal bias mm -hmm. a factor to you? Do you think it's easy to tell when it is a factor to others? I'm sorry. Could you repeat that? Like how? Yeah. How easy is it for you to, I guess, notice someone else's bias, other than when they like explicitly say it? You know. I guess more in the scope of like mm -hmm. the people you know, or like your friends and stuff, because we already covered like famous yeah. YouTubers. You know, I think I think I mean I think it's 
most obvious when somebody is like has some kind of bias as to when like they really can't articulate to you why they think something is bad. Like, I, I feel like I see personal bias more in like, you know, this thing is bad. Like, why? Okay, why is it bad? Oh, I, it's just bad, bro. It's just bad. Like, I've had, I've had people tell me like, oh, this movie sucks. This movie's bad. It's so bad. But then I'll be like, oh, what's so bad about it? Like, what? Like, man, it, that, that movie must have like really done something to you because you hate it so much. But then they can't explain to me why they think it's so bad. And or their reasoning is like kind of all over the place. And I'm like, oh, I see. It's more of a personal thing. And, you know, I think no, not really, because, you know, like I said, people. Well, yeah, it's it ain't that deep. Like, you know, people like what they like. They don't like what they don't like. And, you know, if you don't like things that I like, that's fine. I like if you like things that I like, that's cool. Let's talk about it, you know, like but it's definitely like. I think I think the the less productive conversations are when people like try to use like maybe something that you're interested and like attack you personally for it. Like it's one thing if like somebody says like, dude, Animal Crossing sucks, dude, like Super Monkey Ball sucks. Like, okay, whatever. That doesn't that doesn't bother me. But if somebody says Animal Crossing sucks and you suck because of it, it's like, okay, well, I don't know about all that, but like. Sometimes, sometimes people will kind of like be like, "Oh, how do you like that garbage? Oh, you got horrible taste. You like that garbage?" It's like, dude, I don't know. Sometimes you just like things. Like, and I think my biggest, my biggest like takeaway is always like, let people enjoy things. Like, let people enjoy things that you know are benign. You know, if somebody likes to, like, even though I'm not a Fortnite guy, I don't like. I don't like make fun of friends of mine who like Fortnite because it's what they like. You know, it brings them happiness, even though I don't personally think Fortnite is a very good game. Like they, if they think it's great and they have fun playing it with their friends, that's awesome. You know? Yeah. It's like, why, why, what's the point of you? trying? Exactly. I think a critic's job more so is to put people on to good things than it is to steer people away from what they consider to be bad things. If that makes sense. It's critics jobs yeah. are to like uplift creators or like creatives, you know, it's not to stifle creativity or smother people for having some kind of vision. It's just to say, you know, this album is really good. I really like it. You should give it a listen. This game is really good. Please play it. Or this game would be really fun to play together. You know, that's what a good critic does. Yeah. All right. Um, All right. Last question. I'm ready. You ready for this one? All right. What advice would you give to somebody who wants to start voicing their opinions? Like, mm-hmm. and publicly. Um, I, I guess my first advice would be to, you know, try to articulate them to yourself. Make sure that, you know, you're good enough at articulating like, you know, your, your thoughts processes to yourself. If you're, if I'm assuming you're talking about like, if somebody wanted to like, maybe start like writing reviews or like writing like a YouTube channel or something like that. Yeah. Like I would say like, try writing a script down, try like, try just opening up a Google doc, writing down your thoughts, even in bullet format, 
like and just say like oh man i really like pikmin because the art style is cool i love the the gameplay i love like the like just try to sit down and write it you'll be surprised at how much better you get at it when you uh make like a conscious effort to but i guess my my bit like another big piece of advice though is to always make sure that it's constructive you know you want to deliver any form of critique or even praise for that matter in a in a way that articulates it so people are interested in it and people can act on it you know what i mean like i think that there's there's like merit to creatives who are able or critics who are able to you know say this game's art style is phenomenal it looks beautiful i like i love the the vibrant colors i think that these character designs pop i love like looking at this game I think like other creatives maybe see that kind of glowing review and it may inspire them to create something similar, you know what I mean? Or to take that and be inspired and take it in their own direction. You know what I mean? And there's definitely ways to yeah. constructively critique too, like to say, you know, I think that spending more time uh, like fleshing out this character or more time fleshing out this, this mechanic or trying like trying to get back to your roots, that kind of stuff. I think that there's ways to articulate maybe what you don't like in a way where somebody could take it and be like, okay, like I can see that, you know, you want somebody to say, okay, I can see that as opposed to being defensive because then at that point, you know, that you're all you're doing is insulting somebody else's work. You're not providing helpful feedback to help the creative and yourself like grow and understand yourself better. Yeah. Um, I just remember something I wanted to say <laughs> way earlier on the subject of like mm -hmm. gatekeeping. I remember you said that like you remember you remember people that were like weren't into Animal Crossing mm -hmm. or like super into it now. And I think you had a really positive attitude about it. Like, oh that's cool. Opposed to other people who would be like, nah, like I was into mm -hmm. it before it was cool, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I think gatekeeping in some aspects sometimes mm -hmm. is good. I won't get into that. But for the most part, mm -hmm. I think it's bad. Because it's like, if you're into something that's obscure and out of nowhere it becomes popular, why wouldn't mm -hmm. you want that interaction? Like, mm -hmm. for one, I know for like a lot of series, whenever like it blows up, there's a mm -hmm. lot more like fan art and stuff. And then it's like, you get more interaction, more people to talk to about it. And, you know, more, more people, the people who get into it kind of become more mm -hmm. open to trying other things. And it's like, if you do make some kind of like connection with other people based off that, you could start enjoying right. other things with them too. I mean, mm -hmm. that's kind of like how friendships work. So it's like, why wouldn't you, why would you yeah. deny yourself that opportunity? I've I, like, honestly, gatekeeping is kind of a podcast subject within itself. Uh, because like, yeah, they, they, it's sure. so nuanced. I've always been curious as to like, why does gatekeeping happen? Why do people feel the need to like, kind of have like credentials as to like, oh, I'm more interested in this thing than you are. Like, but like, I like, it's it is an interesting like topic to delve into because it's like you know 
for example, you you're really into the Yakuza series, right? Like Yakuza blew up in like recent years. Like it is massive now. And like, that's only a good thing for Yakuza fans because now you guys are getting more games. You're getting spinoffs, you're getting remakes, which is really cool because you're getting more of the series you like, you know? But sometimes people have issues with like new fans getting into stuff. I see it a lot in like the music industry but it's definitely a thing in like the gaming world too, like where you see people who are like, oh, well, I was into this indie game before anybody else was. And it's like, I guess my my biggest thing is if you are that invested in like, you know, maybe an indie game and an indie studio, you should be through the roof that they are like succeeding and that they're getting more fans and more followers and that like this, like they're essentially being able to actualize their dream. But I guess the best way to keep a positive outlook is to like when it comes to like gatekeeping, if there's anybody out there that kind of feels gatekeepy about something they like, I think the best way to keep a positive outlook is just to see all of those people as like new potential friends, you know, like there it's new people that you can talk to about the thing that you like. There's new, like you said, new material, new fan art, new ROM hacks, new like new communities like all of that stuff for the most part is really good and like it's uh like it's always a good thing to see i think mm-hmm. all right i know i said last question last question yeah you actually came up with more uh you don't have, you don't have uh-huh. to go super into detail if you don't want to what's a game that you're gonna defend to okay the so i've already said super monkey ball 2 a handful of times um so that one is definitely up there yeah Another game that I will defend uh, to to my grave is uh, Jet Set Radio. I will absolutely defend that game because people say that like that game's not great because of like it's um, like like the gameplay is a little rough around the edges, which is understandable. But I will defend that game because I think the style and aesthetics carry it. Um, But that's that's another topic for another day. I will. The third game I would I would defend. Oh, I just lost it. Oh, Sonic Heroes. I will always defend Sonic Heroes and say that I I personally think it's the best 3D Sonic game. But, like, because I I just think that game's so much fun. But those are three games that I will always defend. Okay. Next question. What modern game do you think will hold up in the future? There's a lot of them. Um, I, I think Celeste is definitely going to hold up in the future. Um... I think I think um, Super Mario Odyssey will hold up in the future. I think Breath of the Wild is going to kind of go down as like a classic. Um, yeah, I oh, that that's honest. That's a really good question. Um, I also think Final Fantasy fifteen uh, will hold up in the future, and I know that's kind of a hot take, but. Like, I legitimately think that game will hold up as people look back on it. I think that, like, I've been playing through it. it. I'm playing through it right now, and it is so much fun. Like, I'm having a blast playing that game. The chemistry between, like, the cast is unreal. It's so good. To me, the the game itself is just kind of... 
it kind of feels more open to me than like yeah. any GTA really. I guess it's just like the landscape itself. Like it's just wide. Yeah, open the the world at, you know? feels very like open and like it really does feel like you can go at it like at whatever pace you want. And like, it's just, it's a really fun game that I think like captures like a lot of like the, the, the like charisma of final fantasy, but like wrapped up in like a yeah. GTA breath of the wild, like kind of open world package. And I think I personally think it works really well. And I really like the combat system too. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people were split about that because of mm-hmm. how used how used they were, how used to they were to the mm-hmm. old size to the old system. But then again, yeah, like eventually new things will happen to the games that you love. And you could either be okay with it or you can like you can honestly you can just stick to what's right, already. Exactly. You know, if you anyway. want Final Fantasy Six, play Final Fantasy Six. Like and I, I understand that it's not that simple. People want new things that remind them of things that they already like but in the same breath new like groundbreaking stuff is good too i mean it's good that the zelda series kind of took the turn that it did because it gave us breath of the wild which is probably the best open world game i played like that game understands how to get you to move from point a to point b you know like so you know sometimes change is good but i get that it's hard to accept Uh, real quick on that one. That game is just like really expansive mm-hmm. and like a lot of different fronts. Because I mean, people are still finding mechanics to, to like to this day. Basically, mm-hmm. they're still finding new ways to like cheese stuff. And it's crazy because like the developers give you the tools, and like all these people are being real creative about them. You know, and there's like pe- there's like videos of people like doing <laughs> all these trick shots and shit, and like going from like this random place in the map. Yeah, dude. To, like, the final boss like, like seeing the stuff that people do in that game is absolutely crazy i i saw a clip i can't remember if it was you who shared it but like of somebody who just went like absolutely nuts and like sent themselves like with a bomb like from one end of like the map from like one half of the map to the other like it was just insane like the amount of stuff that people can do in that game and it's because like the mechanics are so fleshed out they took such a long time with that game and they like you know they did a good job of really fleshing out a lot of like the the mechanics for you to mess around with you know yeah i think that's it for us here um i have some bonus questions that don't really relate to the topic okay. you can answer them you can skip them if you'd like uh, i'm 510 um, how tall are you <laughs> hey um this one might be oh, difficult so, uh, what do you do for yeah a um you can skip. It. I mean, I'll give you just kind of like a general answer, but I I work in marketing. All right. Um, what's your ideal? Oh night man! Like? So when I whenever I take like personality tests, I get like ninety seven percent extrovert. Like every time, I like for me a, a good night could be just hanging out with like my friends or my loved ones. Like it it and it honestly could be doing whatever. I personally really like doing like I like going out and doing like fun stuff. Like I, I love to go like with my friends, like mini golfing or something, just something stupid like that. Like 
that kind of stuff is like what brings me joy is just going out and doing fun stuff with friends. I, uh, yeah. So, um, I'm, life? I'm actually married. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, what? my wife, uh, like she like, but my part, my ideal partner has always been somebody who like is funny and somebody who I could like laugh with and somebody who I, but somebody who I could also feel like I could talk with about like, you know, serious stuff too, you know, and like, feel like you can learn from them. I think that that's a big aspect to relationships is, do you feel like you are teaching them something new? And are they teaching you something new? You know? About growth. Mm -hmm, for sure. You know, as long as there's some growth there, right? I think, yeah, it's, that's been something common mm -hmm. in mine, at least. I like people who are funny. But yeah, obviously there's other stuff involved. But yeah, that's something that I have um, noticed. My, uh, what's your dream? Like in general. Terms, that, that's a good one. My, my biggest dream is to work with helping to like get small creator or like creatives out there. That is my like my biggest dream. Like the reason I went into the field I'm in is to like, my goal is to help bring like creatives to the spotlight and help them succeed. My, my, my dream job is to either work with work in marketing for like, you know, big, like a, like a gaming company or like maybe even potentially like to like help be a talent agent or something like that. I'd love to just be able to use like my skills for, you know, learning how to advertise yourself and to market yourself to help creatives who are maybe not great at that or don't understand that my, so my goal would definitely be to work in the entertainment industry, helping to like market young creatives or up and coming creatives. I should say, I mean, young in the sense of like your, like your career, if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you think uh, your career itself is influenced uh, for sure. you think about stuff like that like the obviously you're kind of you're, <laughs> you're good uh, yeah i would say that i am do you think that your job or like your career basically um, a little would, bit would i think it does i like i think that my job has more so helped me to realize that you know being successful lots of times is like be like sometimes people who are good at what they do aren't necessarily successful. And I think that like my job has helped me to discern who's good at what they do, even if like they're not super successful. And like, I think that it's helped me to get an appreciation for people who, you know, aren't successful yet, haven't made it yet, but like they have the talent to get there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think you're going to try to, make something happen with you make something uh i'm sorry could you repeat that do you think uh you'd want is that really something that you're interested in doing like uh i guess blowing uh, up to an extent yeah or... like i would love to like if my like if like a youtube channel of mine pops off or whatever i will you know like i i don't know if i would quit my job uh like i i think it, like my my job would probably like I would still like, you know, do what I do because I, I really, I genuinely really like my job. Um, but I would see it as, oh, great. I have an outlet to help maybe, you know, promote 
great games, great albums, great movies, whatever of maybe people who are like of creatives who are successful or maybe even creatives who aren't successful. And, you know, if I, if I had a platform, it would be cool to be able to, you know, commission artists to help me with like merchandise or to be able to feature, you know, like small businesses and stuff like that. Like there's a YouTuber I follow. Um, her name's Tama Hero. She's like a Pokemon YouTuber mostly. But um, in the, like the beginning of all of her videos, she like she like does like a promo of like a, a small black business. And I think it's super cool that she does that. Like and she doesn't get paid for it or anything. She just does it because she cares about like uplifting small business, which I think is awesome. Like and that's the kind of thing like if somebody has a platform, I think is a very good usage of your platform. All right, I think um, I'm. Uh, I mean, if, you if you're interested in watching like a video essay, I, shout out to anybody who's watching this. Uh, first of all, is shout, shout out to anybody who's listened to this. But um, if you if you are interested in like gaming YouTube video essay kind of stuff, my YouTube channel is literally just Mark Haha. It's just a picture like it, drawn in like a Persona art style. Uh, like I'm just doing it for fun, so I can't promise how consistently I'll be uploading, but uh, like I've got a couple videos up. So if, if that's your kind of thing, uh, give me a watch. And if you have good, like crit criticism for me, ways for me to help or to help me like get better at like editing videos and stuff. Uh, like, just like, let me know. That'd be awesome. Um, Do I don't know when I have something in the works, but I don't know when it's coming out. <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, well, thanks I for having me on, man. I appreciate it. I I've been I like I listen to Churro Bites every now and then while I'm working, so it's it's kind of fun to be on, bro. Do you think you're gonna <laughs> go back? And you see, to, you, to yourself speak. Sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, I'll go, I'll go listen to like myself speak, and other times I'm like, Mark, you speak exclusively out of your nose, bro. Why do you? So, well, it honestly depends on the day. I I probably will listen back to this at least once. Um. But, like, yeah, I don't know if I'll I'll be listening to it every day while I'm working or anything like that. I'm I'm not that so uh, conceited, but I mean, yeah, obviously, it's not, you know, <laughs> I don't think you're that self centered for you to be listening to every day. Awesome. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think well, thanks for having me on, on, man. Thanks for being on the show. All right. See ya.